Earlier we sat down with Dr. Finex Njlovu from the Linguistics Department at UNE, and now to learn more about cultural diversity and its implications on peace and sustainability, we're talking to Dr. Marty Brannigan, a lecturer in peace studies here at the University of New England. As a peace studies lecturer and researcher, do you think sustainable peace and cooperation relies on intercultural dialogue? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's one of the first things that needs to happen to build uh, what we call positive peace. Um, so we can develop peace broadly into something called negative peace, which is just the cessation of direct violence. So you, you might have a treaty uh, that, that stops the shooting, but if you don't deal with the underlying structural and cultural problems, you're going to continue to have that direct violence popping up forever, really, and, until those underlying causes are, are dealt with. Okay, so you'd say that positive peace really relies on that dialogue between two different cultures. Absolutely, yeah. So if you've had a conflict, you need to get reconciliation. You need to try and build or rebuild a relationship um, between the, the different factions. And one of the best ways of doing that is through dialogue. And that can occur at the highest level, uh, but often there's biases involved in their countries maybe wanting peace merely so they can go in and get rare metals or, or oil or, or whatever. So their motives can be a bit sus. So you really have to have this created at all levels, uh, including at the grassroots levels, simply getting people talking to each other and finding a bit of common ground and trying to understand each other a bit better. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really fascinating. And I think in, um, in linguistics it's sometimes referred to as that third space. Is that something that you guys talk about in peace studies as well? Uh, we don't really use that, that term, although there's a middle path of, of Buddhism that people uh, sometimes use when they're dealing with peace issues. Um, an example of that would be this idea that in World War II there were only two options when dealing with Nazi Germany and one was that you responded to their violence with more violence um, or you simply appeased the Nazi German regime and did nothing. But in fact the middle path uh, is that you can engage in non-violent action, you can engage in boycotts and divestments and sanctions against the people that are providing the cars and the tanks and the, um, the weapons that are used in those conflicts. So there's, there's always a, a middle path that you can take, uh, but it simply doesn't get anywhere near as much publicity as this idea that um, you have to fight fire with fire. And as everyone knows, it's probably simpler to fight fire with, with water. water. Yeah, yeah, of course. So what are some ways that intercultural dialogue can lead to peace and sustainable development? There's, there's a range of ways that you can engage in dialogue. You, you can simply get people together. Um, you can do this in youth camps even, trying to build up peace from the time of, of kids being at school. So there's examples of this, this around the world of people... For example, in the Israeli-Palestine conflict, um, school children being um, take, taken off to camps or volunteering for camps where they can meet people from the other side uh, and get to know each other and ideally form friendships. And, you know, there's been these incredible cross-cultural friendships that have mm. 
been made and that uh, continue despite all the uh, terrible things that, that the two sides are doing to each other. But you can also use the arts. Yeah. And I did notice on your profile that you're a bit of an artist yourself. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So dialogue's good, but if you can enhance that dialogue with cultural elements like art, um, like food, yep. like music, like radio plays, then you're going to probably bring together people more successfully and more sustainably. Yeah. So why do you think the arts are so important for that? You know, what makes that different from having a conversation with someone? Uh, it's partly this ability to find common ground. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves music yeah. of some sort or, or another. Everyone loves food, even more so. Um, most people love art and, and plays. So um, in Cyprus, for example, one of the ideas was to get people together to have a meal together. So there was this ongoing conflict between the north and the south of Cyprus, um, between Greeks and Turkish people. Uh, By getting them together and sharing food, talking about the food to start with, so you had a bit of common ground, but then getting to know each other and realising that they weren't so different. They were both groups of humans. They had things in common, and from there you can start to build peace. Yeah, and I suppose we saw that a bit in Gallipoli as well with the Christmas truce where they would throw food to each other on the other side of the trenches and to a less extreme extent here with the UNE's cultural festival. You know, you had so many people from different walks of life learning more about each other through food. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and that Christmas truce was, was really interesting. It was They were sharing cigarettes, they were sharing um, alcohol. They also heard it, had um, games of soccer supposedly yeah. so yeah. yeah it was an extraordinary um grassroots outburst of, of peace peace was declared yeah and we i believe we now have a very strong cultural relationship with the people in that area now as well you know if you go over there and you say you're australian they're very very respectful and proud to meet someone from australia and yeah that's really right amazing thing yeah yeah in fact um Turkey recently put on a, a fantastic peace conference that I was very privileged to be able to go to and oh, uh, there yes. was just so much backing from the government, which we don't really see much of in Australia. We, you know, we don't regard peace as highly here as in places that have really experienced mm. some, some terrible things. Is that something that you hope we can change in the future? Absolutely, yeah. Yep, we uh, have a peace studies discipline here at UNE um, we've been going for 40 years. We've had a lot of struggles and we continue to have struggles, but, but we're still here. And other unis have um, some peace units. Uh, there's a, several pretty important Australian peace movements, one of which has managed to get the international community to declare that nuclear weapons are illegal, mm. which is you know an, just an incredible step. It is, yeah. It's an incredible achievement. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I uh, hold great hopes that um, we listen to our peacemakers, we get together and, and talk about peace at structural levels and at um, cultural levels and continue to do, run festivals like the, you know, the UNE, yeah. cultural one. Yeah. And is there any you know, research happening in this field of peace and cultural development that you are involved in or that you think is interesting happening at the moment? Uh, I've just come from a talk about Clarice Beckett. So she was a, 
an artist, a female artist in Australia who didn't get very much recognition in her life. A woman called Edith Ziegler has just written a book about her and it seemed that patriarchy played a, a part in the overlooking of her. She was being female, was, was simply overlooked time and again when her male counterparts got a lot more um, coverage and publicity and, and fame and, and wealth and so on. So she, she'd actually died very young and yeah. um, it wasn't until a long time later that her work was recognised. So that's uh, kind of an interesting example of, of just one person struggling against patriarchy to create amazing artwork. Yeah, and was she an activist as well, like through her art? Not not so much, no, but there is a very long tradition of artists. Um, Pablo Picasso is probably the yeah. best example. He, he um, depicted the, the dove, the peace dove for the first time and he did the painting Guernica, which is now used as a symbol of the peace movement or anti-war. Um, I'm working on a book at the moment that looks at the cultural dimensions of peace building and as I said it's really important to understand how violence or peace can be embedded in our culture so that the movies that we watch, the language that we use, the education systems, all of this can either lead us down violent pathways or can lead us towards peace. Yeah, that's really, really interesting and definitely an important thing for us to keep in mind as well, yeah. Is there any, any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to share before you wrap up? Uh, I suppose just a couple of other examples. Of, um, I was in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, um, before the peace treaty um, in 97, um, and it was a, a very frightening place. We, mm. Our bags were held up in a bomb scare. Uh, there were if a if a car backfired in the street, people would run for cover, thinking it was it was a gun going off. Um, and yet now they're using culture and dialogue to try and bring the the different factions together. So one of the things they're doing is is changing the murals on their walls that used to glorify guerrilla fighters or um, militants. They've been painted over to to some degree, and there's a whole new era of murals emerging which are about coming together and and transcending religious or ideological differences Mm. to try and come together and um, live cooperatively. Yeah, and that's what's fantastic about art is that it it lasts and you can really see what's important to a culture through the artwork, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's good to see that they're using that to promote peace as being highly important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're using music um, in peace building. There's peace choirs and peace orchestras. Uh, that's, in fact, quite a big area of the peace building efforts in the Israel-Palestine issue where um, people are being brought together from both sides to play together um, and to perform to mixed audiences and on both sides of the wall again, to try and find that shared love of music, that common ground as a starting point for peace. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in, Marty. This was really, really great and hopefully very interesting to our listeners and they learnt something really important. Thanks, Ash. I really appreciate your time as well. You can hear more about important topics like this by following us on Tune FM or tuning into our station, 106.9 Tune FM. 
the Hoytma View and E's student-powered radio.